cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. Ground is soft, it's not. It's oh, it's not, heavy. Soft on time. It's heavy. Okay. And a very big warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. Action packed show today, thanks to your abundance of questions, in which we thank you very much. And joining me as usual to chew the fat and pour disdain on the masses in racing and pour disdain on you yourselves is John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot and Lord Malvo, Chris. Good evening, chaps. Good evening. Yes. Good, good evening, Lee. Yes. Honoured to be in the presence of Scoop Keys tonight. Like, yes, we've got the we've got the bastards exclusive to come, strategically placed somewhere in the show, so you have to listen to our ramblings for <laughs> for, for a little bit before you switch off. But yes, it is a good exclusive, and it's a positive one as well for you betors. So stay tuned. Right, we'll get straight on with this uh, fair for this evening, and we'll look at yes back at yesterday's. We've got to hurry up tonight because um, Chris, our, our, our beloved contributor, is off to see the animals in Southend. Yeah. Well, I think there's only two left. I think Alan Price and Eric Burden. I don't know whether Eric Burden dead or not. But yeah, so we're going to see that shit tonight. But there yeah, the House of the Rising Sun, John. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, well, you know, see, look, look, you know, everything's got. To, I, I didn't know they were still alive. Well, they're, they're playing the Darlington Hippodrome, I think. <coughs> week. So if you miss them this week in South End, you can have a trip up to Darlington to see. There them. you go, John. All the big venues. The fucking animals, aren't they? You, you uh, and you and the Hitler off to see see the animals in Darlington. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. We, we couldn't make a Bob Log gig this time around, so we're not going to be uh, we're not be chasing. <laughs> To the animals, am I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll go on to Saturday's uh, review of the racing. And what better way to start off with one of our abundance of questions? Carl Swanson's uh, been on. He said, What did you make of Gina Andrews' ride on Get a Tonic? That's also been mentioned by Golf Club as well. Um, Golf Club is one of our uh, listeners and he's on Twitter. Brilliant account. And he's the only man that's unluckier than us. <laughs> <laughs> He won't have any luck at all, would he? Nah, his last last winning Saturday, I think, came when uh, Waterloo was uh, winning Eurovision. But yeah, poor golf club. If it, if ever we have a bad day, you click on golf club's feed, and he's, uh, you know, <laughs> he, he said at four o'clock Saturday, I think he said he'd not had a winning race. <laughs> but then, what do you expect when you follow us? But anyway, yeah, back onto Gina's ride. Um, yes, I, I do agree that uh, she probably could have won. In fact, all right, I will say would have won. But I think you have to be a little bit fair. I said Gina Andrews, Bridget Andrews. It's, it's the questioner that thinks it's Gina. Uh, no, it's Bridget. Um, but you have to say that the, the, the mare was hanging badly left throughout. In fact, when she was coming down the stand side, I think it was between the second last and last, it's as if she wanted to come down the stand, you know, towards the stand side. The horse was just not letting it. She was sort of on, of on one rein and it was pulling her in behind the others. And I just think in the end, she just thought, well, I'm going to let this thing go left because if I don't, it's not it's not going where I want it to go. So, so she obviously let it do its own thing. And of course, it hung left onto the chase course, got beat half a length by Fonzarelli and you know, obviously was considered an unlucky loser. And I, I get that from punters, and it probably wasn't the best. But some problem is when you get like that, a horse like that, that just wanted to go left and big time, um, it would have taken some straightening with any jockey on board, I think. I think you're being quite charitable. I, I, I saw the race. I thought Eamon Andrews was on it at one point, actually. <laughs> I, I thought, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that's quite a charitable analysis i take the point but it, well, it didn't look good though did it but um i'll take the point but yeah i think you can feel disgruntled if you bet that yeah i agree and but i, I mean i was pleased it was beat anyway because yeah. because us bar stewards were all against it on the show but yeah. then we were all against it on the show on friday at six to four yeah. um yeah. it's gone off obviously seven or two on the machine I'm, I'm not a layer at seven or two for the best mayor in the race but at six to four i thought it was a lay yes. uh, but nevertheless Yes, he probably should have won to all you uh, people that have uh, got in touch regarding that ride. So, Get a Tonic 
is the moral winner of the Virgin Bet listed race. And unfortunately, we do get rides like that now and again, and there's nothing we can do about it. Anything else to take your eye, um, chaps, on, on Saturday? I know it wasn't the best racing. The Grimthorpe was particularly upsetting for me. You know, Mr. Malarkey, out of 50-1 to 1 after a couple of fences on the exchanges, decided this racing lark isn't so bad after all after two or three fences and looked a million dollars after that. And you're thinking down the straight, it's beat everything off. Um, but again, bar one, um, down came the outside under supervision and possibly idled as well. You know, it was the best horse. I, I, we were, we were fairly beaten, even though it hung across us in the closing stages and there was Stuart's inquiry, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was galling for me because obviously I had a good bet. And you're thinking, when will something go right? Did you watch the Grimthorpe, either of you? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that... Heavily involved on Mr. Malarkey. Lovely stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, he's, he's, you sort of knew what was going to happen from two out, really. You, yeah. you know, you saw Cloth Cap looking dead. And then yeah. and under supervision, he'd not gone for gone for much. And you're thinking... Mm, you know, there's just just this just to knock off now and then. You know, for a fact that wasn't going to happen. And that brings on to another question. Uh, Quick forty six on YouTube. He's a cracking listener on YouTube. Always commenting, loves the show, etc. And he says, "This is funny." Question for Sunday show: Why are Lee and John so awful at tipping over the jumps? Um, yet decent race <laughs> readers on the flat. For what it's worth, I don't think either of you have had any, had any, had any luck this past past winter. I'd agree with that, and I, and I think that the producer highlighted the number of seconds that that we've had this winter. And I know I know that don't don't count for anything, you know. When you know it's it's the bottom line. I mean, Quentin Franks and Nev Ender are certainly doing really well, um, but I would say me and John, yeah, probably just had the rub of the green, and we we accept the me and John that we're not as uh, proficient, uh, you know, over the twigs, and um, sometimes it's just best to, you know, leave it at that. It's, it's one of them things. I mean, just just don't listen to us um, <laughs> on the jumps. It's been, yeah, it's been a horrible. It's been a pretty horrible season. I think. I think there's been so many horses, you know, not off. Obvious short price. Fact that I think have been stopped. You know, I mean, I, I think it's as yeah. rancid as it's ever been over the sticks. Now. Am I pocket talking? Absolutely. But 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 in saying that, I can't remember a, a jump season where there's just so many shenanigans going on. It's just vile, I think. I can't well, wait for it to end, to be honest. Well, let's be fair. It I mean, it, it, jump racing is 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 like the Wild West. I mean I mean I mean that's why you in I Ireland you can't get a bet on. A lot of Irish runners ship them over to, to Britain. To, to get more money on because there's more liquidity on the exchanges and the, the limits on the bookie accounts are higher on, on British races. And I think that's where everything lets itself down because I, I don't think I've known a winter with so many plots pulled. Um, you know, and, and I'm not just going to single out certain people, but I will do. Um, Alan, Alan Rogers, for example, the, the former Forest footballer, did the old double a couple of weeks ago at Musselburgh. You know, and he's getting horses in rate. I mean... These lads don't want a stone in hand. They want forty pound. They, they they want thirty and forty pound. And I think that's what spoils it because it's again, it's like the old, you know, you sit down, you play Monopoly with people, and you expect, you know, if, if you go for a Tom Tit, that you might that a five hundred might have gone missing out at bank, you know, it's it's or two. But you know, these lads are taking all lot, and you're saying, where are all five hundreds gone, lads? And they've took the lot. <laughs> And, yeah. and 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 it's, you get that feeling with national hunt racing. Well, I do. I mean, it's it's you're forever you're forever trying to spot the bent plots and spot the, you know, right, you know, and and you're trying to second guess because you need a little bit of value. No good at SP at five to four when they've had sixes. And then of course that's when you get your fingers burnt because you sometimes think, well, I have a little bit on this at seven to two fours. It's obvious. It, it looks like it's off, and then all of a sudden it's out to twenty eights on the machine, and this is prevalent. For much of the national hunt season, I've found anyway. You, like you said, Chris, it, it's you kind of find that when you lose it, you find you find yeah. the game like that, and maybe that's that's to do with it. Sometimes I just the flat season, obviously, I think is a lot easier. Um, you know, I can use my sectional timings. I know what usually is going to be the fastest horse in the race. I can work out tactics, and then it's then down to a few things, probably bad luck. 
um, the odd stopped horse. But generally, I'd like to think every time I'm betting on the flat, I'm on the fastest horse at the right price. And 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 with jump racing, I just don't get that feel. It's um, I'm afraid to say. What about you, John? I, I just can't get as intense about jump racing. I, I, I don't fundamentally. I don't like it. Yeah. And I couldn't sit and watch a novice hurdle five or six times, whereas I can happily spend a night going through maiden races and watch them eight times. I'm, I'm not as intense about it. I make no secret of it. No, it's, I mean, obviously, like like for the show's sake, obviously we we do our best and, and, and you know, it, it never is perfect. Like sometimes in the jump season that we, we can't um, line punters' pockets. But Nevender's been good. Uh, Quentin's been good. Um, you know, that's that's there. But Quentin cheats because he just tipped flat horses. <laughs> so there we go. But we'll move on. And uh, another question that's sort of related to what we've just been on about, how, how difficult it is from James. And he said... What's your view on the skeletons? Can never seem to get them right. They have, they have, they seem to have lots of non-triers. Then you get surprises, e.g., King Adarjan, nine to two to twelve to one, and finishes the next second. Skeleton Yard, you two. What's you? Any views? I can't even get them right which race they're going for. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, it's it's um, skeletons are quite shrewd in that they'll have targets. They'll 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 run them up light. They'll run them up short fitness and things like that they'll, they'll, they'll i mean to be fair most shrewd trainers in the national hunt game do have targets and the skeletons are no different and i i think i, I know i know where you're coming from james i think they are difficult yard to get right in fact i would say that if i if if a skeleton horse hasn't run for three or four months for example and i like it i could never bet it in the morning never i could never ever go to war and say yes they've they, and you can get them very fit he's a good trainer but I could never definitely say this yard will have this cherry ripe, and I can bet this, you know, confidently. And so you probably yard, haven't they? I mean, you see that some some owners' horses in that yard, you, you can not quite set your watch by them, but they're, they're pretty straight. But you know, they've got punters. So I, I, I agree. I, you just don't know. You don't know what they're up to. I've actually been. I've had a yard visit to, to that outfit about two years ago somebody i know uh, bred one and had it in training with skeletons and I, I had a had a good look around it's an amazing setup they've got there i mean, absolutely incredible i mean the, 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 you know you could kick down in those uh, stables quite happily you know they're very luxurious but I, I sort of made the mistake of trying to sort of uh, winkle out some information from an employee about a runner they had later and christ you think i've burnt down an orphanage it was, you know, the atmosphere <laughs> turned frosty immediately. So, so you know, what, I'm sure they're under orders to keep the mouth shut in there. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get anything out of them. And, and I think that, that for, you know, they've got punters in there and, and, and they run the horses accordingly. But fabulous outfit. I mean, the facilities there are astonishing. Yeah, good insight. So we'll move on from that. Um, unless, John, John, you, obviously you've said that you, you, you don't really uh, do the skeletons very much. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even like when they were sure jumping. <laughs> Old Nick Skelton, yeah. On, I guess yeah. right then, I always wanted Harvey Smith to shove it up and so. Yeah, on Sony, Sony Television, yeah. Harbour Master. That was at, <laughs> Raymond Brooks Ward, remember him? Just a, oh, yeah, yeah, lovely. Anyway, just just finishing off Saturday's review, it weren't much of one, but we did we did cover. Um, Old Bridget um, on the on the three mile mare's hurdle and the uh, the old Grimthorpe and moaned at that. Uh, Paul Ambrose says, "How did Weston World go off at ten to one industry SP and forty nine Betfair SP yesterday at Maidan?" Well, two reasons: the industry SPs at Maidan are, are shocking to say the least. Obviously, look, drifters drifters win. We we know this. Drifter, it's how it is. It's it, horses will, will underperform and reflect the market and sometimes they don't it's it literally is that simple but yeah that's that's kind of thing that everyone's everyone's playing the same game paul working out if something's off this looks fishy etc etc you're not on your own you'll be sat on the exchange sometimes and you'll be thinking well i've got this a six chance or a five chance and it's 18s to lumps you know what do you do stick or twist um that's the that's the quandary that everyone finds themselves in 
when played on the machine. We'll move on to our first subject, which is doled off hurdles. And and a couple of folk have uh, messages on this. Adam Norman, uh, Barstow's pundit. Where do we stand on low sun regulations? Are he missing obstacles? Health and safety gone mad? Or well-being of horse and rider paramount? And Helen Sheridan also adds the less battle hurdle. Obviously, the, the feature race of the day, all the hurdles in the straight were omitted. Uh, any solutions for punters who, who bet on a hurdle race as, a, as opposed to a, 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 a semi-bumper? Um, presuming, of course, the bar stewards do not have power to control the sun. I mean, what are we saying Price on them. dog box hurdles? It. Chris, I'll come to you first. Race them at night. That's the answer, isn't it? No sun there. <laughs> I mean, this obviously we the elderly people in this game will tell you this kind of thing didn't go off very often back in the back in the back in day eighties um, and nineties where you know this would be a rare occurrence and the only time they dole the fences off was was when it was severely blinding. Now I'm not we're we're all sat at home we're not in a position to say whether you know the sun is de- is stopping. Uh, view basically what it seems now is if the sun's in the direction of the fences and low enough even though you can you know it seems to me jockeys have the ultimate power in saying we're not jumping them and then what do the officials say if the jockeys say no 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 we're not we're not jumping we're not jumping these um and obviously they're they're happy not to jump you know, naturally you would be in a, in a national hunt game where you can get injured as a jockey you're happy not to jump I think there, I think the balance has gone. I think where we used to sort of have common sense decisions, now we've got <clears> right. There's a bit. There's a bit. The sun there, it's pointing in the direction of these fences. Uh, you can still, you can, you know, it's okay, visible, it's fine. But there is a, there is a little, little bit of doubt. But it's that little bit of doubt now that we take on board and we just say, no, you're not jumping them. Is is that a fair comment, chaps? Yeah, it is fair comment. We live in a world that, that that's heavily regulated. And I suppose, you know, you, you might get a scenario where, you know, a jockey is blinded and is fatally injured. And then then what have you got? So I suppose the world in which we live in uh, always errs on the side of caution. I, all I would say from a punting perspective, you just kind of want to know as early as possible whether particular fences have been doled off because that can, you know, materially affect the outcome of races and, and your, your view on a race. Uh, and I, but that's the issue, isn't it? You know, as long as you're told from the outset, well, actually, we're only going to jump four of these eight hurdles, then you need to know as soon as possible, really. That, that's my only criticism, I think. I, I agree. I think I think the punters here are really... Well, no, I mean, the bookmakers as well, to a degree, because it, depend, it depends what type of horse you've backed. I mean, there, there was an example at Doncaster recently where I'd backed one that, that literally does... It's ju- it's purely jump spread. It's it's never going to be a flat horse as long as it lives. And so they doled off. A, I think a good. I think it was four hurdles. It, whatever was in the straight at Doncaster. So and they jumped them twice. So it was six or eight six or eight hurdles. I can't remember. But anyway, it was going to severely hamper um, my bet. Now I'd already placed the bet. There's nothing I can do. Uh, the horse then drift once they announce they put the doll. Once they put the dolls in the hurdles. And I mean, have we got to be weather forecasters now? Have we? Have we? I mean, we look for rain and wind when we're discussing flat bets. Have we got to look at uh, sun positions during a day and say, well, it's going to be sunny there this afternoon? Not if we build a sensible thing and uh, abandon our racing during the winter equinox. <laughs> the thing is, I mean, give us four months off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in true bar stewards road hashtag road to Doncaster style, John chimes in with a big scythe and scythe the national national industry in, into smithereens. With his, I, did, uh, I did like what Helen Sheridan was saying, presuming, of course, the bar stewards do not have con- the power to control the sun. Yeah, most of us barely have the power to control our bowels. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> But on, on, a, on a serious note regarding the low sun situation, how many fallers or ran out do we know about where they blame low sun? Because I can't think of any. I've, I, no, I, I, there's, 
you look through since I mean the thing is though now I I I respect what like Chris says kind of different times yeah and I, there'll be some kind of jockey insurance that will say no uh, well we saw that day there was low sun and you shouldn't have been jumping them you've got injured we ain't paid right surely the debate should have been led by somebody on those on side with them jumping our fences saying well how many accidents has there been. Because the sun hasn't got lower in the last 10 years. <laughs> it's always been the same height. Yeah. I mean, this is it. I mean, how were how we jumping them, you know, like sort of like 20 years ago? Yeah. So I mean, th- horses didn't have sunglasses on years ago. <laughs> Images time. Fuck, you know. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I never, growing up, You'd see it the odd time, you would. It, yeah. it depend, it, it's how bad it was. You know, usually it was like, yeah. oh, Jesus, this is terrible. This is like right in their eyes. Yeah. But it just seems now, like if the sun just points in, the, obviously some tracks, that's how they configured. If the sun points in the direction of said fences, the, yeah. I don't know who does it, whether yeah. a, jo- a jockey moans and says, oh, we're not jumping them. I mean, I can appreciate the BHA and the course is getting a bit cagey because, I mean, the first one that's riding, one that doesn't take off when it's going into the sun and he ends up like the, you know, an equivalent of a Dalek, he's going to be putting a claim in that's going to bankrupt the course, isn't he? So, I mean... Well, that's it. I, you know, I, I think we're coming into different times where it's all like, it's all about where there's blame, there's a claim now, and yes. we never used to live like that. But that, that that's how it is. And, 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 it, and yes, it's a massive put-off for the sport, because I... As soon as that's announced, if I've had a bet, I tend to not bother betting or I look at the front end because I always think it suits the front end more uh, in these sorts of races because when you're running round obstacles, you're slowing down in miles an hour because it's not like you've got like a clear path. You usually have to like swerve round, yeah. then, do, then do another swerve. It's and another... tight as well, isn't it? Yeah, so, so, so your mile an hour drops. So instead of running, instead of having to run in a straight line at say, I don't know, 30, 30, 32 mile an hour on soft ground for jumps. You're running, a, you're getting your breather because you you just you, st- you have to turn and then you have to, and so you have to slow down and, and so on and so on. So it's it's kind of it's that's that's why the races are skewed in terms of form because um, it's not it's not national racing. So yeah, it's it's a problem. But I don't know what the solution is. It's clearly not going to change because will the insurance companies pay out the jocks that? This is the this is the risk in, in the in, in the in the days we're living. Right, next subject. National Hunt Chase renamed in support of Ukraine at the Cheltenham Fez and uh, donations uh via the Red Cross. Mm. Well, right, I'm I'm gonna start off here because I want to leave the floor to you two. And um I'm just gonna say could be a recipe for disaster having the National Hunt Chase as the as the flagship race race for Ukraine, in that if there is going to be a fatality at the Cheltenham Festival, that would, if I was doing an anti-purse book, that would be one of the fabs, obviously because it's run over three mile six, et cetera, et cetera. And you can imagine that kind of disaster on ITV news, if that's what racing wants, because it wants more coverage. So it wants to go on ITV. And secondly, obviously the partnering with the Red Cross, uh, for donations, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which is, I'm not saying it's not a worthy cause. Of course, we know what's going off in the conflict. However, as as when I donate to charity, I always check when I'm when I'm dealing with a charity, what what's what. Only 72% of your money will go uh, to these the, uh, uh, the victims in Ukraine and the people of Ukraine, and uh, 28% will go subsidising um, salaries, etc. 170,000 a year. The CEO is on at the Red Cross. It's not for me, really. If you're in a charity, you're a charity. You you offer your services voluntarily um, because you're in a wealthy or fortunate position, and that's what you do. Uh, for me, I, I don't agree with salaried um, board board members and and crap like that. It's just my view. I just I, I think if you're going to donate, then you donate, and all that money that you donate goes to said cause. So I'm going to leave the floor to you two. Does this belong in racing? Is it the right race? What's your views? I think the, the race that they've picked, I echo your thoughts, Laser. I think they've picked a potential disaster. ITV are bound to big it up because they look to get a bit current, a bit political, a bit this, a bit that. 
and uh, unfortunately, they, they could end up with a couple of dead horses on their hands after this, and and cases to answer, you know, because again, the more high profile you make races like this, the more you're at the the whim of animal aid and the like. What the hell would have been wrong with the Ukraine champion hurdle this year? Get it done on the third race of the day, over and done with, and then just crack on with the festival. He's tagging the name on a high-profile race to raise awareness. Very unlikely anything will get killed. Um, Valeria makes fans of apologies, of course. Um, but, you know, let, let's just keep it in perspective. Do it if you fail your most. I, I don't really say what benefits it's going to do, to be honest. You know, if racing wants to be seen to be doing something, fair enough. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say, haven't the people of Ukraine suffered enough without that? Christ, honestly, I, I think, I just think it's just smacks of tokenism, doesn't it? You know, and I take your point about the percentage of donations that actually end up at the, at the worthy cause. <clears throat> so I, I just think, nah, not, I, I just, I think it's a bad idea, to be honest with you. Not, not, not from... Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the the thing is, I mean, right. So I'm not going to I think you broke up just there a bit, Chris. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the thing where I'm coming from is that I've, I'm not so sure. I, I, it worries me when sport gets involved in in everything, like political, world wars, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or or you know, conflicts. I always think that you know this is something that i never sit comfy because what we're trying to do is we're trying to we're picking a side for starters aren't we well exactly i mean look i mean and that doesn't mean that that i mean people listen to this ah you're a putin sympathizer you horrid cretin no it's nothing to do with that it's it's just generally that this is for things that I, i don't think sport should be should be used as a vehicle for for this and it's just it's just how i sit it's like this is something that you can do in your own time your own uh own way you could have fundraisers yourself you could you could do whatever i just don't think sport itself when it's a release for most people and bear in mind that most people didn't attend well <laughs> didn't attend the fact there was no festival last year and those people this year want to go have a good time drink guinness uh, you know, have a have a party with the friends. You know, so watch some horse racing, have some fun, and then you, you're sort of reminded again um, about the stuff that you. I'm not saying you're trying to get away from, but you, you can you can get home and watch that, and, and then and then and then do your other. Is it needed? I, this is something that I'm not. I, I, I personally don't sit that comfy with it. both things like football, cricket, anything. The making. The, the famous words redundant, aren't they? Because when you're alone and you're feeling lonely, you can always go to Cheltenham. Pachilla Clark had it right. Yeah, that, and, and that's it. it it's, it's a dreadful song, by the But yeah, but that, it's beyond dreadful. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, he's it, he's correct, and I think I think we should be remembering Cheltenham Festival for the first time back after the the dreadful pandemic and what that brought misery to people's lives across the board everyone should be celebrating the fact that you know we can all go out again and and have a and have a laugh and and watch some quality sport and then i don't and then yet again something else is weaponized like i said i'm it sounds like i'm a i'm a i'm a putin sympathizer it sounds a bit without getting political but yeah yes comrade but 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 that's I'm not, you know, the, 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 you know, I don't want to get into it. But it, the fact is that I, I just genuinely believe that that sport should be left out of 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 these wider concerns. Well, that's it. Sports for the people, and you can travel straight to Moscow, and you wouldn't find people that were badgering for the government to invade Ukraine. No, you know, it, it, this is a big money invasion. Yeah, it's it literally. I mean, that that's my stance on it. That 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 the 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 people that will pay for this are poor people. And yes, I I, I get that people want to support. Um, but again, I don't think sports the right mechanism to do this. I I believe that it should be done in your own time, in your own way, and in your own. And if people want to help, they can do their own thing. I'm certain there's avenues you can go down to help 
help the people of Ukraine uh, with funds, clothes, whatever. You know, the Polish people have done that. It, it doesn't need a sports vehicle. And that's where I feel like what Chris said about tokenism. You know, yeah. it's, it's as if like, oh, We've well, got we're, to do something. Yeah, we're going to do something. But the, I, I mean, Picking the national chase, like we've said, it's Jesus. Last thing you want then is a bloody fatality. If they want to do something constructive at the Cheltenham Festival, go around and take everybody fucking barber off them and send them to the Ukraine. <laughs> a pile full of barbers. <laughs> 40,000 barbers to keep the pole buggers warm. CEO's <laughs> pocket. And I'm going to leave yeah. the subject with that because John's, John's nailed it with a funny. Um, yes, send barbers to Ukraine. Busted corduroy trousers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Charlie Mann's cords. Um, yeah. You know, supply, yeah, years supply of cords from Charlie Mann that he's worn over, over the years in his training career. He must have got at least a thousand pairs oh, um, of brightly coloured trousers. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Oh, I say we move on. The next topic is the Cheltenham five day meeting. Uh, it's, it's really it's ugly head. Popeye's uh, been in the news again and, and said he's, he supports a five day meeting, fanning the flames, possibly for Unibet, his sponsor. Said he is. You know, and Andrew Woodman leads the way and he said, he said, he said, he said, this is for John, I think. He said, would Popeye's liver and kidneys withstand the fifth day he's calling for? If he gets the fifth day, I hope his liver and kidneys pack up. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 again, he was saying, well, it only means two extra races. Yeah, because they're going to trim the other days down and the punters get it up the arse again. Pay for an extra day when it's, I mean, what's it going to be? You're getting 75 quid or something? Yeah, it's, 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 you know. Club yes. of the punters for another 75. Give them two extra races, the fucking plebs. <laughs> this is the... I think of that when you're cheering a Nicky winner at the Fez, folks. He's a wanker. Yeah. I mean, Simon Alden's been on. He says, if Cheltenham were to announce a fifth day, should punters and race goers unite to try and fight it? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I really I really do feel that that, that, I mean, punters say enough anyway, but he never gets listened to by the BHA. Punters have forever said no to five days. And they'll the spit out to make sure well, there wasn't a boycott, though, won't they? They won't make it all, all shit races on the last day. You know what I mean? They'll make sure it's like the gold cup or something, you, you know, on the extra day. Yeah. Just to make sure that somebody would break ranks and go anyway if there was most to boycott it. Yeah. They're not daft because they know a lot of punters are daft enough to keep tipping up. I mean, we've we've seen what effects the, you know, the, it has on the national hunt season in the in the modern day. I mean, take, Huntingdon had a race today. I had a bet in it and back to loser three runners, um, sixteen thousand added um, for three runners. You know, so there was like eight to the winner. I think it was like uh, probably five five to the second and two to the third or something like that. So the third was getting two grand for turning up. And this is my point, that it's not that people say it's not, we're moaning about prizes, it's not the prize money. The, the British national stock, forget the Irish, uh, if they want their own children, they may as well have it at Punchestown. Stay over there and do it. Um, but it, but it's, it's, it, it just seems to me like we just haven't got the, we haven't got the stock. We haven't got the, you know, and, 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 it proves that that people are that obsessed with Cheltenham that that we have targets for there and I don't know it's just it's to me it's how could it sustain a fifth day without watering down literally everything it'd be dreadful uh, it'd be like Doncaster it'd be like the the, the Saint Ledger meeting at Doncaster would you know we'll probably start with a maiden hurdle you know <laughs> you know it, yeah good, good one yeah the same Being terrible five days of that. Yeah, it's, it's like you say, it's commercialised, it's monetised, and, and Gloria's good one should be three days tops. Yeah, we we we've we've said it on Bastards. We we we've commented like uh, like all last flat season and moaned about it and said, you know, literally good one you could trim down, uh, Doncaster you can trim down. I think that's what makes like Ascot special, obviously. You know, like that. That's why Ascot remains special because it can sustain that. I don't think the Aber meeting suffered either for going forward. 
No. For, for, I mean, Forza Max, I wouldn't go anymore. No, no, no. It's, it's maxed out there. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely tops, these four. But he just shows the way forward for to, to make uh, <laughs> a festival special, is is to do exactly that, is, is to make top-class racing ultra-competitive and, and everyone enjoys it. And I just think, you know, like someone said today on Twitter, the three-day festival ship sailed. Um, that that'll never come back, and and that's really sad because the three day was so tremendous, where you got literally a quandary of of of, of like, oof, you know, you you. I mean, imagine if you, it was three days, all this all this, um, you know, two and a half brown advisory uh, chase, and uh, you know the, the two and a half mile and three mile chases. You'd have brave man's game. You'd have a, you'd have you'd have the Irish uh, gallop this chomp. You'd have a, you'd have such a, a like Bob Ollinger all taking each other on and i think that's that's where we've we've just watered it all down and it and it's really rubbish it's a bit like watching a boxing card and all the best boxers are fighting mandatory challengers and not each other you know that's the that's the feeling i get watching cheltenham sometimes now it's like well you know oh and then, then all people say well what if brave man's game wins and say gallop de champs wins then people then bill up Brave Man's Game versus Gallop de Champs. Well, that's when they should have been meeting at Cheltenham. Really, if if we'd been back at the three days festival, you'd have been enjoying watching Dracula turn himself inside out over which now he's chased to stick uh, Bob Ollinger in, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my God, he'd, he'd have the primat out. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a problem, and I'd, I, I would, I would dread the day that happens. But then it's jump racing to a T. Uh, just to finish this subject off before we release the Bartos exclusive, uh, John Nolan's been on. If Vladimir, Vladimir Putin was a trainer, would he run Langer down in the Martin Pipe or Coral Cup? Ha! Well, he's he's coming, he's coming across as enough of a bastard to swerve the festival and lay the arse out for the Cesarovich just to make sure <laughs> I don't cop on me server as well. Um, yeah, I mean, God knows. He, uh, he, he, he probably felt fell dismally in the Coral Cup, given the fact I've, I've had a bit on. So Yeah. Um, Langer, Dan, I mean, it's you know, you can see he's well handicapped. And if you haven't listened to our Cheltenham show, do so. Um, Declan Carroll, he, he was a star on our on our Cheltenham handicap show. Uh, that's that'd be on YouTube and SoundCloud if you want to catch up with that. And he, and you know he he's made a funny. He said basically a mayor's only handicap bumper could be the star attraction uh, oh, of the of the. You see what I mean? This is we're getting silly now, and and I just think I think that sums the the whole Cheltenham five day thing up. Boxing man says. Um, why does Willie Mullins constantly take the piss with punters and Cheltenham Festival targets? Um, they obviously know where Sir Gerhard and Dysart Diamond are going to run, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but never seem to announce it and 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 let punters know. Uh, it seems to be exchanges, etc., that find out. Yeah, I get the problems, but again, it, it, this is where if you if you have more Cheltenham races. You're gonna have even more problems because you'll have even you'll have horses entered for three and four races instead of two races. So it's just it's an absolute it's just a farce, absolute farce. But money money goes to money and 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 money will decide, I am sure. Right, Barstow's exclusive time, chaps. Ding dong. And I had some good news a few days ago. Obviously, the SCV uh, argument with what the bookmakers are doing with affordability checks and. Uh, checks for your bank accounts, your business details, just have a bet, et cetera, et cetera. They're rubbing their hands, apparently, because it's coming at the, at the end of the March on a trial period. Well, I can bring some respite to punters because um, I'm going to say I'm in the know on this. Connected to uh, people that are higher up the food chain, and um, you know this has come from the right sources, that they have, they have listened they have listened to, to the people that wrote to their, their MPs, so well done. They have listened to the people that have wrote articles on Twitter, uh, like like the Bastards, like myself. Lots of people making noises on this. And it's brought it to MPs' attention. And this has actually worked because I can announce that the SCV have heard from a very good source. Like I said, it's all sources, but we've been right so far. I got right on Carlton Palmer joining Mike Lowen. You know, there's there's been a good good few exclusives, and I can tell you now, the SCV is off the table for skilled. 
punters, right? So basically, skilled sports, as in horse racing, football, there's going to be no restriction, right? So basically, no one's going to intervene whether you can have a bet on horse. All that, all this bollocks about you've got to produce this, that, and so that, that is not apparently on the table. What is on the table, though, for SCV is that they are looking at casino, so that he's still on the table for slots and gambling. That's the bit they don't like. So the MPs have listened, and this is the good news, and 99% on this, that basically, you know, barring the the uh, the last-minute uh, change of heart, that, uh, that skilled betting, like horse racing, football, sports betting, will not be affected in the white paper. So that you've heard here first before Nick Luck, Racing Post, or anywhere else. Is that good news, chaps? Terrific news. Yeah. I think that's it. I think it does work. I think if you do put enough pressure on certain people, and after this, there are certain people I'd like to thank in the in, in the MP areas, if, if it all goes to plan, because this is where we, we met, we, we had a connection, we pointed out the dangers of SCV and what, what it could lead to, bookmakers getting valuable data, selling that data, using that data, and becoming the all-powerful model that they want to become, getting rid of winners, getting rid of people that they don't want, and just basically accepting bets off, off mugs and steering them down the casino route. We all know where it was going, and we've pointed that out to, to, the, to the right people. They've listened, and they have uh, come to the conclusion that they agree, and there will be no restrictions for skilled betting so good stuff we'll move on to some questions to finish the show quite a few so i really thank you for these because there's some, some real belters and funny ones start off with the uh, dupont tom and he says are there any trainers owners jockeys who, who you would never back and why even if you really fancied the horse chris john christ yeah christ <laughs> how long you- the list God, I mean, it, 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 it's a fairly long list, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, until you mentioned really that, I mean, I, I wouldn't say never back, but certainly massive alarm bells and, you know, red flags, warnings, you name it, you know, an awful lot. I mean, I, could, I mean, I can start us off. I mean, I mean, one this week that I've decided I'm never, go- I'm never going to play with fire again. Um, Christian Williams uh, won at Taunton. Um, it was the horse that was second to ju- Judicial Law at Ludlow, and then they they, they came out at Taunton. Uh, Nick Schofield was happy to give them fifty start, and then come with his challenge, and then take a pull into two out, meaning he'd lost the momentum of the ground he was making and then took a pull into the last got, got right into the bottom of the last as well to make sure and he got beat three or four lengths it was the ride that they said they said fuck you to normal punters and normal punters might not see this i did it's the kind of people you can't mess with because they don't really care they don't you know they, they get highlighted for winning iders and uh the coral the coral trophy uh the other week having the stain double and then they pull in tricks like that in midweek. It's a sad fact of life. Um, that's how it is. And there are certain owners, trainers that you've just got to realise that if you take their price, Julian Wilson, who's not no longer with us, the former BBC uh, uh, pundit, was famous for saying in a racing post letter to the to the to the or oh, the sporting life to get them blocked. Yes, and he yeah. says I, I don't blame owners for getting for blocking them. And 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 that that's what you're dealing with. That's racing. That, so if you understand that, don't be surprised at anything. If you take their price, it's twenty grand a year per horse if they're in training. You know, in fees. You know, if you take their price on D Day, then be prepared. Be be prepared for um, you know, a, a run round the back. That's 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 how it is. And and so the two highest profile ones I'm really wary of would be probably Cal Burke and Charlie Hills. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, and I'd add, I'd add Bull that as well. I can't get his right at all. So many of his fancy horses just run, run terrible, just unfathomable to me. But yeah, Charlie Hills in particular, shocker. Yeah, dreadful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, move on to uh, who cares? Who says? And any apprentice to look out for this coming flat season, John? 
Irish last that I was back in the show time last year, I've forgotten the name. Siobhan Routledge. That's the girl. Yeah. yeah. Very taggy. Sure to go on and make a name for herself out of that. Especially in the light of the Rachel Blackmar heroics, you know, that we our darling Sean Sharpie. <laughs> yeah. Mine was Christian Howarth, but I've heard on the grapevine that there's one or two attitude issues there. So I'd be good. a bit wet. Like good, we like attitude. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know, I don't know if it's positive that I'm not going to go into it on here, but but it's yeah, but yeah, the the lad the lad's all right, but but yeah, it's um, I've not heard I've heard a few few bad things. So, yeah, we don't like robots. Well, that's it. You know, no, I, I agree, John. Like Wallace, you know, we the the best jockeys sometimes are not the ones that that you know that say yes and please and thank you and you know that's. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so Christian Howarth then, talent wise, Christian Howarth's got got really he's got really good balance, and I think that he's going to ride a lot of winners this summer uh, if things stay on the apple cart. Uh, Michael Toms was moaning about the racing blogger. Um, he, said, <laughs> he says he's blocked him. Um, <laughs> Not that he's, he's blocked me obviously. He said he said so. Should he set up a load of troll accounts and annoy him? He yes. says. He says, B, ask him nicely what the fuck is the story with the sunglasses. Yes. Um, you're not fucking Bono. Um, or C, let it be and let all the clowns follow his tips. Just do their conkers uh, with his bosses. Uh, all three, really. <laughs> Anything but let it be, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to have a chance to angry about the annoying little twat, do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um Little blogger uh, blocking, uh, and that Adam Norman mentions how many Twitter accounts that me that us three have got. How many Twitter accounts you got, Chris? Just this one. Just the one. Uh, yeah, no ghost accounts. Yeah. John's like had about fourteen. Um, he's got yeah, about three. I think I've got three. <laughs> he's got three left. That's what he means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum left. Obviously, me three and Adam's spread with 5.6 to 5.9. An accurate spread. Well, no, one under seven between three of us, six yeah. between me and John. Uh, obviously, system bet bastards. And you don't want to follow my main account because it's uh, it'll upset you. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, so leave that one out. Anyway, we go on to the next question from Mike Owen and he comes on to the racing post. He says, um, it's going up in price again before Cheltenham. Yeah. What does the uh, what does the panel think? Do you think the paper represents a value for money or b the punter's interest, John? Neither. Well, yeah. now no, you now you can't wrap fishing chips up in your paper. There's not much resale value, is there at all? Isn't it? Uh, How much uh, is it now? And yonks. Do you know? I don't know because I only I've only got an online subscription, and I and I don't even know what that is. About yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know what I am paying for it to be honest. Yeah, I, I just and do you know what? It's you know quite sad. Obviously, you get the digital newspaper chucked in on yeah. the on the top membership package, whatever that is. And yeah. I never read it. I never read yeah. the digital version, which is really sad. It's just yeah. a lot of smoke blowing, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah. You know, if you thought yeah. they were going to make something pertinent and interesting, you probably would. Well, I think yeah. I think Lee Mottazed's improving through time. He, he's 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 becoming very readable. I don't yeah, like get flagged up though them articles anyway, don't they? You're not going to miss them. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I do believe there's a there's a, a real lack of, uh, of 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 quality writers these days. I think it's quite sad to see a uh, lot of smoke blowing, a lot of you know a lot of smoke blowing articles, but but not not the real cutting edge stuff. The things that like Alistair Down used to write, uh, Clement Freud. You know, there, there was some real. Quality stuff, reading stuff, but now it's, uh, I'm afraid it's uh, very, very mediocre. And uh, no, it's not just uh, justified with the value for money, Mike Owen. Final question to end the show. Uh, and we thank you for all the questions because you've kept us really busy this week. Uh, Macadori, I like this one. Should socks be made compulsory for all men at race courses? Surely this is a BHA priority. It, yes, they, they always check for ties at these big yeah. meetings and let them in barefooted, John and Chris. Yeah. My socks and my ties are the only things that still fucking fit. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, quality. I, I mean, I can remember at Goodwood, um, you know, and I, I wasn't aware. You see, it wasn't the glorious meeting, so I wasn't sure what it was. And I turned up in a suit with a Ooh. with a with a um, a, a nice. <laughs> and I, yes, and a nice smart open collared shirt, and thinking, you know, well, what's wrong with that? You know, nice polished shoes. Stopped on yeah. the door, you know. Uh, no, no, we've got a tie box here. Chuck, chuck, chuck a tenner in, you know. Like, and I and I had to buy a tie. And in front of me was these, like six, you know, young lads. You know, I'd say probably eighteen to twenty-one, maybe a bit older, maybe early twenties. Hard to tell. They all got ties and suits on. All barefooted, yeah. you know, a bit like a catalog advert. I'd be. Uh, it's, it's, I'm sorry, but no, 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 no. I mean, I'm, you know, I, 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 I agree with Macadori. You know, if you haven't got, so- if you can't afford a pair of socks or a decent pair of socks, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, the feet must pong. If if they're if they're walking around all day, like you know, on leather soles or whatever, you know, and it's it's, it's summer's day because obviously you're not going to wear bare feet. To aid up for bet fair meets, you know, um, <laughs> right? So, so let's say sweat. You know, your feet must be sweating and stinking all day. Now they use trainer socks, don't they? That don't show that, that show uh, a gen of ankle, but they almost certainly have trainer socks. So you're too old. You're not not down with it like me. <laughs> the kid. Uh, no, this is it. It's, yeah, I could probably do. Yeah. If they made wearing socks compulsory, half the daft twats would turn up wearing them on their heads. <laughs> yeah, I'd be robbing cash till. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. up to the elbows. Uh, no, cracking show that. Enjoyed that, and uh, I hope you did too. Um, myself and John uh, will be back on Friday. We're also doing. We did have a lot of Cheltenham questions this week, and I don't want you to be sort of. Uh, you know, put off that. I didn't answer any, answer any Cheltenham tips, etc., etc. Well, we're going to do a Cheltenham sermon next week, so stand by for arrangements for that and who's going to be on it, etc., etc. But we're going to be obviously previewing the Cheltenham festival, and obviously me and John are planning to do a daily Cheltenham fez <laughs> cast after racing, all fun and and piss taking. None of this bullshit, you know, that you want to hear on normal channels about, oh, weren't that impressive? We'll just be taking the piss. We'll, we'll um, be saying how good they were. We're just going to say, look at that lucky bastard. Yes, up. yes. So we're going to have a, like a 30-minute debrief and chat every day on the Cheltenham Feds. So I hope you will enjoy our Cheltenham coverage, which begins next Sunday, and we're back as normal on Friday for the Imperial Cup to see if something can win that en route to winning at the Fez. That's all from me, John and Chris. Have a great week and weekend. Bye for now. Right, the show's over, boys. Thank you very much.